So often in life, we try to place people into boxes. Joe is a lawyer, Sean a writer, Sierra an artist, but none of us are just one thing. We are all made up of many different experiences. No one more so than my guest today, Sarah Halabnik. Hi. Hi, Sarah. Hello. I met Sarah when she was my supervisor for AmeriCorps, and then when she opened her own historical walking tour business, I started working for her as a tour guide. And through the years we planned... Uh, we've partnered on many different projects from hosting coffee cocktail events to working different charity events together. She's a dear friend, you're a dear friend, and I'm excited to have her on the podcast. Julia Child once said that people who love to eat are always the best people. I couldn't agree more. I'm Haley Forney, and you're listening to Best People, the podcast. Several years ago, Sarah took over Bellingham Cocktail Week as an annual project alongside the folks of Happy Chap Creative Company. And in that time, you've grown Bellingham Cocktail Week from having a few bar participants to being a citywide event with a tasting expo and a gala, which is crazy to think. It's a week that I look forward to every year in our city of renewed excitement. And Sarah has decided to make this her best cocktail week guided by herself. Uh, It's a lot of work, and even though it's successful, you're pretty much volunteering for most of it. A lot of it, yes. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yes. But you wanted to come on today and talk about your favorite cocktail in preparation for cocktail week. Yes, please. So what's your favorite cocktail, Sarah? Tell tell us why. I mean... I will be honest, Haley, and say that there are many cocktails that I love. Well, yeah. Okay. It's hard to it's choose like a favorite. It's like choosing a child. It really is. Uh-huh. It really is. But if I decided to go with the Gibson as yes. my favorite, because it is the cocktail that I make the most myself. It's mm-hmm. my go-to at-home cocktail. Yeah. And I thought that probably qualifies a special place of honor for the Gibson. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to tell the folks at home uh, what a Gibson is? A Gibson, well, first of all, it's magic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very magical. <laughs> Second of all, it's really, it's very similar to a martini. Um, it's gin and vermouth. Uh, When I'm making it at home, I add usually a little splash of the um, pickled onion juice that the, because it's the difference um, as far as I'm aware between the Gibson and the martini as they stand now is that really the Gibson is a martini, but with an uh, an onion instead of an olive. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I just love like the crispy, crunchy little onions, the little pickled onions. The pearl onions. Yes, they're so yummy. They are really good. And um, I like any drink that has a snack with it. (laughs) though Rachel Maddow says you're not supposed to eat the garnishes I know and I love Rachel but on this one I think she's incorrect I think it's like (laughs) obviously you eat the garnish obviously especially since you know like I like to take my little skewer that my onion let's be real onions um, (laughs) (laughs) and um kind of perch it inside my drink too so they get a little gin soaked as well no I think that's smart how many onions would you say you put in your goodness it maybe depends on my mood and what's happening so one of my favorite things to do um when I really want to have like a day off and carve out some time for myself Mm -hmm. I will make myself a popcorn brunch yes popcorn brunch with as much stuff on my popcorn as I can manage and I will make myself a Gibson. And usually in that kind of case, I will do anywhere between probably two and three onions. Okay. 
Mm -hmm. A nice little snack. Mm -hmm. That's probably about what I can feasibly fit on my skewer and not feel like I'm too greedy. (laughs) Just because you're like, I'm not making a Bloody Mary. Yeah, right? Exactly. That's fair. I also really like to add a twist to my Gibson, too, which Mm. I know is not traditional, but But a little bit of Well, in this research, I found a lot of different takes on it, so I'm excited to share some of that with you. Oh, I can't wait. Um, But my next question is with this popcorn. Yes. Uh, is it a sweet popcorn? Is it a savory popcorn? Savory. Is it a combination of the two? It's usually savory. I te- I like sweet things, mm-hmm. but I tend to be more of a savory kind of gal. That's fair. So, and um, it's your moment that you carved that's out for right. yourself. That's right. So. Absolutely. And no one can judge you for that. That's right. And I like to do all kinds of jazzy things with my popcorn. Sometimes I'll add in a handful of cashews every Ooh. now and then. If I'm feeling really fancy, I'll do a little bit of bacon in there. I thought you were like going to say like caviar or something. Caviar. <laughs> I was like, how does that go with popcorn? I should, maybe I should try that. Let you know. Yeah. <laughs> let me know. Caviar popcorn. Caviar popcorn. Be really good or really It could be awful. the thing. It could be the new thing mm-hmm. it'll pop up at all the bars yeah, the next you, cocktail you heard it here first that's right yes. yeah so in my research of the gibson cocktail i found that most people think that it is named after charles dana gibson the mm-hmm. man who created the illustration of the gibson girl <sighs> and while this story is cute like it's like he goes to the players club in new york city and he says to the bartender that he wants a martini but can he get a, an olive or an onion instead of an olive and historically, that can't be true, just because of the research, like looking through all these different old cocktail books and seeing, well, this is a Gibson, but it's just gin and vermouth, no bitters, no garnishes, just stir it in ice and that's all it is. So it's kind of funny. So it's kind of attributed to him in a lot of ways. And then there's other stories where it's attributed to people who were concerned about their health. And onions being good for your health mm-hmm. and wanting martinis with onions. Interesting. But when you look at the history of the martini, it was nothing like a Gibson at first. Tell me more. Oh, I will. <laughs> uh, so the first published mentioning of publishing uh, mentioning a Gibson cocktail is in 1908. It's William Boothby's The World's Drinks and How to Make Them. And there's no onion in his uh in his Gibson. His version is what we would consider a dry martini, hmm. essentially. And he notes that there are no bitters and don't add any garnishes, but sometimes you can add an olive. Oh my goodness. So he's basically making a dry martini. Yeah. And then he also attributes the creation of the drink to a person named Martin Raggett. And I couldn't find anything on him. Fascinating. Nothing. He just like dissipates into the air. Huh. Uh, so this kind of set me onto like the deep dive of trying to figure out the difference between a martini and a Gibson, right from those early days. And the oldest cocktail book I found was from 1888, um, and it has a martini cocktail in the book by Harry Johnson. And the name of the book is New and Improved Bartender's Manual. Ooh. Um, and his recipe calls for iced cocktail of gum syrup. Broker's bitters, he was like, it can only be Broker's in his notes, Kurosawa, Old Tom Gin, and Vermouth. And then you stir that and strain it and garnish it with a lemon peel. Wow, so it was a sweet drink to start with. It was a sweet drink to start with. Fascinating. Yeah. So so that happens in 1888. And then Boothby's Mar- Martini, which was a book from 1908, um, it's filled with bitters 
And but he also calls for an old Tom cordial gin. Uh-huh. So not so even sweeter, right? With the cordial. And then vermouth and uh, stirred and garnished with, again, a lemon peel. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and Boothby also adds cherry. So it's lemon and cherry. This is so interesting because I know that in my experience with martinis, right, there mm-hmm. there are martini purists, right, who yeah. would say that a martini is only gin, right? Yeah. Some people would even say that making a vodka martini is just, like, gasp. It's a, a vodka gasp. cocktail. It's not right, a vodka martini. exactly. And so there, in that conversation, I think it's really fascinating because a lot of the things that we would maybe think of as being more frou-frou martinis, like cosmopolitans and those kinds of things. More related to more how related to the original. Was. Yeah, that blows my mind. And some people attribute the name martini to the use of martini and rossi bit or vermouth sure so so it's a big it's a big thing so then we move along our timeline we get to 1917 we're in st louis of all places and there's an african-american bartender named tom bullock and he releases a book called the ideal bartender Mm -hmm. and most of these bartenders were from country clubs and they must have, like, their clientele must have been, like, publishers or something. And that's how they were able to get their drinks published. Yeah. I don't know. But he publishes a recipe for the Gibson cocktail with a jigger of Gordon gin and a pony of vermouth. No garnish of any kind. Mm. But then a few pages later, he has the onion cocktail, which is a jigger of Burnett gin and a half uh, jigger of Italian vermouth. No bitters used. Stir with ice. Strain to glass. Strain in a glass, and then onion to garnish. Mm. And that sounds like a Gibson. Yes. So I thought, let's make that drink, and let's see if it tastes like a Gibson. I love this idea. Okay, so we've got our gin, and we've got our vermouth. We just gotta, we've gotta give it a stir. Is there any sound better than a cocktail being mixed? I ask you. I don't think so. Um, okay. Um, now, feel no pressure to drink this whole thing. But if you do want to drink the whole thing, I will also not judge you. <laughs> Thank you, Haley. <laughs> and I don't think I have any little toothpicks. Maybe I do. I used to have some like really nice silver ones. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I do. I'm just gonna drop it in there. I am not opposed to that. How many do you want? Do you want to go for two? Let's do it. Okay. Let's get wild. We're, crazy. we're abandoning Tom's, um, his recipe just right. slightly. Well, he's, he can be our guide. Yeah. And also we can... We also use French vermouth instead of Italian vermouth. Right. But... Oh, it's beautiful. Ta-da! Look how beautiful this drink is. It is very pretty. I would drink that. I mean, I'm probably going to have myself a martini, or yeah. I'll sit, have a sip of yours if you yes, don't mind. absolutely. I think we can share this. I think that's totally fine. I get to drink it now? Yeah, drink yeah, it. Awesome. Try it. Tell me if it tastes like a Gibson. Totally. It's a Gibson, folks. It's a Gibson. So I think history cocktail. has been made here today because every article that I could find on Gibson cocktails attributed the origin to, like, all these different people. But it was actually this man in St. Louis from 1917. Wow. Tom Bullock? Was Tom Bullock. Thank you, Tom. And there's a very dapper picture of him in the front of the books. Or very his, dapper. I think man. he only had one book, but 
what I also think is fascinating is the regional differences. So looking at the martini on the East Coast versus the martini on the West Coast. Yeah. And even then looking at the Savoy cocktail book, too, which I have the Savoy cocktail book pulled up here from 1930. Many Maybe people at home don't know, but... Um, the Savoy cocktail book is like the Bible of cocktail books yes. for cocktail nerds, professional bartenders, liquor enthusiasts, just anybody who's really into booze. They love the Savoy cocktail so it's book. It's really stood the test of time. It really has. Mm-hmm. and it's But it's funny because there's no Gibson cocktail mm-hmm. in the Savoy cocktail book. There are three different martinis. And there's also a drink called a Martinez cocktail. Mm-hmm. Which some people attribute the name Martini to the Martinez. Fascinating. And the Martinez, it was like a Manhattan, but you made it with gin instead of whiskey. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 And when you look at these, so this is a dry martini. It calls for a third shot of French vermouth, two-thirds dry gin. You shake well. That's the other big difference between the United States and the UK, they shake their cocktails. Not stirred, thank you. Yes. <laughs> James Bond. Yes. So is that why 007 was always shaken and not stirred? I wonder. It has to be. Yeah. Because I was also looking at a, a coronation book from 1935 sure. called The Coronation Cocktail Guide. I love that. And all of his drinks were also shaken. Fascinating. Also, all of these cocktail books were written by men. Of course. Because who were. were the bartenders? <laughs> right. Men. Right. Yeah. Uh, but so this white cocktail book has three martinis. Uh, there's a dry, there's a medium, and a sweet. Fascinating. Yeah. And so the medium one is Italian vermouth and French vermouth and dry gin. And you shake it and oh. you strain and you serve it to a so glass. Two different kinds of vermouth. Two different kinds of vermouth. Yeah, and then the sweet one is Italian vermouth and London gin and shake it. Fascinating. Yeah. I'm curious, because vermouth is still a thing that I admittedly don't know a ton, a ton about. Mm. The difference between an Italian and a French vermouth, do you know? Well, I find that a lot of the Italian vermouths are based on, like, Amaro origins. Mm. And essentially a lot of monks were making vermouths as digestifs and things. So a lot of them can be, you can have your dry Italian vermouths, but most of them are a little bit sweeter, it seems like, from what I've had. Yeah. But I generally prefer, sorry, Italy, (laughs) French vermouths. Yeah. yeah. And I especially like Dolan. This is what you're drinking here is the Dolan dry. Yeah. I love the Dolan dry. Mm -hmm. It's delicious. It sure is. Okay, so, yeah, go ahead and have another sip. Um, So, and several, too, of, like, the... Actually, let's get back to the Gibson for a minute. So the first publishing of a Gibson cocktail that I could actually find as what we would consider this drink that you're drinking right now was from 1937 by a gentleman named J.R. Iverson. And he wrote a book called Liquid Gems... Which is, and a book of drinks for the fastidious drinker. Oh my. That was the title. <laughs> so Liquid Gems. Liquid Gems. And he was also a bartender at the California Country Club in San Francisco, California. These country club folk. I know. 
And he makes a note on the page with a martini. Like, as a side note, I think I can pull it up here for you so you can look at it. Mm. Yeah, martini cocktail. And he tells you how to make it. Also, he uses French vermouth and two drops of orange bitters. I love that he has no more. (laughs) (laughs) No more. No more. Yeah, and then he... um, he does a twist of lemon peel and decorate with an olive. Yeah. So the lemon peel would have been in the glass and then the olive would have been on the outside. Fascinating. And then for his Gibson, he says, same as martini, without bitters, decoration, olive, and onion. So the onion Ooh. must have gone into the glass and then the olive would have been on the side. On the side. Fascinating. Yeah. So you get both in his Gibson. You get both in his Gibson. And he's the first one I could find that had actually written a recipe for a Gibson cocktail that I didn't then assume, oh, this is a Gibson. You know what what I mean? What year did he publish Liquid Gems? 1937 is when Liquid Gems came out. I know. Oh my goodness. Fancy, right? So fancy. But it's funny because so many professional bartenders feel like, oh, these drinks are shrouded in mystery and no one really quite knows the origin. But if you look and you get nerdy and you look at all of these different books written by all these different men right you can see kind of how it evolved and where it came from but I do did think it was fascinating that I couldn't find anything in Europe that had a Gibson cocktail like our American Gibson I'm very curious I you know the cocktail onion seems to be sort of a fascinating little anomaly all on its own. Exactly. And several of the first cocktail books that I could find, no mention of cocktail onions. And even in the guide for Tom Bullock's book from 1917 Mm. with the onion cocktail, he doesn't say that you should have onion cocktails in your bar. Because most of these are like manuals for professionals, right? So it's like, this is how you stock the bar. These are the things that you put into the bar. No mention of onion cocktails. Wow. That are mean cocktail onions at all. That's super interesting. Because I think, you know, if I'm thinking back to like when I first had a Gibson, I think the first time I had a Gibson was when I made one for myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was probably because I had a jar of cocktail onions in my refrigerator after making Bloody Marys. Oh. Right. And you and were like, like, what else can I make Exactly. With yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I love a Bloody Mary, but I didn't have like tomato juice probably on mm-hmm. stock all the time mm-hmm. or whatever right and so it was like okay so what can I do with these things then and then you found a Gibson right cocktail. and then fell in love because I've always I've loved martinis for a very long time as well but they are, they are so they're good. so good yeah they really are I think that's part of the reason why I appreciate a Gibson and a martini so much is that they're so simple mm-hmm. right the the ingredients really shine Right. And you can tell when somebody doesn't know, when a bartender doesn't know how to make a martini or a Gibson or yeah. whatever, it, it shows. You wouldn't think, right, with just having two ingredients, really, right. in your drink that that would be the case. But it really but it is, is a good test of a really good bartender. It is kind of funny that you say, because I remember when I first started working in the restaurant industry and we had to make martinis for people and all of the, like, half of the staff didn't know how to make any cocktails and I was one of those people that was before I really got into cocktails and I was like shaking someone's martini which I would never do now um because I don't live in the United Kingdom right (laughs) and there were just like these ice like cubes floating on the top and that's how this woman liked it who came in 
And so she had kind of instructed me like how to make her martini that way. Mm -hmm. And that is not how you make a martini. Right, right. So it's just kind of funny. Like, although, like you're saying, it's a really simple drink that's really easy to mess up. Yes. Because it's like an Americano. Right. You know, when you're making coffee. Yes, because when something is stripped down, you really get to you get intimate with the ingredients themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And with the skill that it takes to be able to pull off something so simple in a really beautiful way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So go out and drink your martinis. Yes. So are you getting excited for cocktail week? I am. There's a lot on the lineup this year. Oh, there's Ooh. so much And there's happening. a tasting expo for yes. the first time ever yes. and a gala yeah which i'm assuming the gala is a benefit for the for downtown bellingham correct right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so is the tasting expo actually as well so we've been working with the folks at the downtown bellingham partnership to pull all of those things off and it's really the first um time i as far as i know that we've had anything like this in bellingham or whatcom county that's so cool um, and it's really neat so we've invited Gosh, I don't even know how many different distillers we have on board now, but um, we've invited a bunch of regional and um, other distillers from out of state to come uh, sample their wares at this tasting expo so folks get an opportunity to try um, spirits, you know, a wide variety of spirits. Is there a distillery that you're pretty excited about that's coming that you want to tell people about? Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, that's a loaded question. It is a loaded question. I almost (laughs) feel like I don't want to, like, highlight anybody in particular, you know what I mean? Fair enough. But I will will say that just, like, the concept of being able to have your little tasting tickets and go around and try different things and compare, right – and then to be able to buy those bottles there tax free too, which is the other part that I yeah, think is really which is exciting really cool. too. Because it's for a charity exactly. event, so they're able to give that break to people, yes, exactly. which is a huge savings here in Washington it's State. Massive. Our liquor laws are kind of crazy. <laughs> they're pretty crazy. <laughs> yes, they're pretty definitely intense. a holdover of a prohibition era Washington for sure. And it's it's really exciting, I think, to be able to invite people into a little town like Bellingham, which, I mean, you know, as a city, I think we're probably in the neighborhood of around 90,000 people mm-hmm. now, I would Yeah, imagine, a right? metropolitan area, probably like yeah. 120, 130. Yeah, and, you know, for a, a city our size, um, you know, we have a really respectable cocktail scene. It's, we really do. It's kind yeah. of impressive, and I think um, to be able to start to establish Bellingham as a little bit of a cocktail destination through an event like this is something that is really exciting for me because I our talent here deserves the recognition oh totally we have so many talented bartenders and just cooks and servers and people who take hospitality very very seriously very seriously yes it's definitely an art form in some of the places that you go to absolutely and we live in this really like agriculturally bountiful area too you know Mm -hmm. and I think cocktails can be a really beautiful way of showing off all that the region has to offer in that kind of way for sure I agree yeah I'm excited I think it's gonna be fun um do you want to tell everyone what else you've been up to you have so many projects Sarah is a person of many many projects I am and I think that's part of the reason why um you know, I, I have uh, taken a winding path, right, to get mm-hmm. to this point, which I just think is how humans operate on some level. And I think something that I'm realizing as I'm getting a little bit older is that I'm now starting to crave um, 
fewer hats, right? I've yeah. worn many, many hats. <laughs> that happened to me last <laughs> yes, year. Yes, yes. I was like, ooh, why yeah. am I doing all right? of Right? Yeah. Yes. And I, I think I have really come around to realizing that um, I want to be able to specialize a little bit more than I have and, and starting to have the confidence in the other work that I do to realize that that is an for me mm-hmm. to really put my time and energy and effort into what I want to be doing and so it's beautiful because I think cocktail week is sort of this vestige of um a former Sarah in some ways <laughs> right which yeah. is lovely because it shows a little bit I think of um the journey that I've taken to come to this point mm-hmm. and that journey includes cocktails right yeah. like it includes making making them and celebrating them and, and telling um, stories, telling with stories them. through them, which was, which was why I loved them as, um, I almost see it as being more like an artistic medium in some ways. Mm, right? No, it totally is. And, yeah. um, and so that was really what drew me to cocktails. And I realized through finding other things because of that, that it story and, um, the human experience was really the through line there. And that, it, it that all fits. Made it all cohesive. Exactly. Yeah. Cocktails yeah. belong to. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think you've done a great job with cocktail week. Yeah. You've really grown it. You've, turned it into something way bigger than I think the people that started it could have ever imagined Thank it would you. become. Yeah, and I, I think bigger than what I ever imagined it would be too. I, a big part of that is because I've worked with incredible people who mm-hmm. have like allowed for this concept to grow. You know, I think you and I have had conversations before about how you know, Bellingham is such an incredible city with so much opportunity and potential and also I think we have kind of, um, I don't know, a tendency to play it a little small here sometimes mm-hmm. because because we're a smaller sized city, we sometimes I don't think really realize all that we can accomplish in, in a town like ours. And Cocktail Week, I think, is a really good example of, oh, well, like, what if we think a little bigger, mm-hmm. right? Like, what if, okay, now what if we think bigger still, Yeah, right? Because it really mm-hmm. started out as in downtown Bellingham yeah. and some parts of Fairhaven. Exactly. But it was mostly downtown Bellingham-focused. It was a week, but I think it was, like, four or five days. Sure, yeah. And now it's, what, like, nine or ten days? Yeah, yeah, we're, like, I think we're stretching our week a little bit. Yes, <laughs> it is more like nine days, absolutely, and... And, you know, I think there is, um, it's, it's really cool to be able to see that like a week cannot contain it in some ways, yeah, right? Like totally. we needed yes. more time and space and we have mm. so many bars in this town and we have, as of right now, we have 25 participating bars in the air and that's not all of our bars. And it's really cool that the folks at Cocktail Week really work with the local bars to help them get in a, on the experience. Like. You know, you don't have to be a giant sponsor right. to be involved. You yeah. can do it do it in many different ways. And whether that's having one of your bartenders in the cocktail competition or, you know, just having a night at your bar, Absolutely. focusing on one of your favorite spirits. Yes. Or, so it's really cool. And I think that that's really an testament to you because you've been a small business owner and you know how difficult it is to run a business and how sometimes you don't have money to do all the things that you want to do. 100%. And I think that's, that's really where the intention behind this comes from, right? Is that like an individual bar doesn't have the resources to 
you know, advertise from Vancouver to Seattle, but when you can pool the resources of 25 bars mm-hmm. and you have a group of people like Cocktail Week's um, staff um, doing the creative work and all that kind of stuff, that's what we're able to do, right? We're able to advertise outside of this area and really start to um, boost each person's, each each individual bar's resources in a way that hopefully then reflects, you know, more people showing up, more people coming from outside of town, getting more regional recognition for the really special thing we have. And making it a cocktail destination. Yes. Which is, we love. Yes, please. More cocktails. More cocktails. Yes. Excellent. Well, yeah. is there anything else you want to talk about? Do we want to talk yes. about what's next for Sarah Halotnik? Sure. And where people can find you if Absolutely. they want to get in touch yeah as guest shakes out yes thank you guys thank you guys um yeah oh goodness yes so um it's it's funny because I don't always know how to describe the work that I do I mean (laughs) right at its at its core this is the problem with wearing so many hats for so long it's like wait am I really wearing just the one hat um I am I guess essentially a tarot reader right Mm -hmm. but I write and do research and all that kind of stuff. So I keep kind of struggling with like, is tarot reader even an accurate way of describing myself anymore? Right? Am I like a citizen theologian or what? I don't know what kind of second title to give myself, honestly. Mm-hmm. But um, what's next for me really is in helping um, people do that kind of internal work that makes them feel like they're connected to their own story, Mm. their own intuition. And I think that's why, you know, I loved this journey that I've taken with all of the wacky different things I've done, like, you know, cocktail week and the fun events and things that you and I have done is that it all comes back to the stories that we share with each other. Right. And the stories that we tell ourselves. And so through tarot, um, that is kind of the, the medium, I guess, that I found that has really resonated for me is to help people understand themselves, hopefully in a way that then helps us improve the world around us by better reflecting on what we bring to it. Yeah. yeah. And you also do, you have a blog still. Yeah. And you do a newsletter yeah. and you talk a lot about um, your own horoscopes that you've created, yes. kind of using tarot as a guide. Yes. So, and people can get in touch with that at sarahgalactica.com. Correct. Right? Yeah. So, check it out. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Sarah. Thank you for having me. You are definitely one of the best people. You Aww. definitely love to eat. And you're fun to hang out with. So. I would say that you also, Haley, are one of the best people. Oh, <laughs> It's true. It's a love fest. It now. is, yes. Well, I hope to see everybody out at Cocktail Week, especially locals. I think that we have like 95 people listening that live in Bellingham. Awesome. So if you want to find a guidebook, um, they're all over the city. Everywhere. I know they have them at the Community Food Co-op, where I work. Yes. Um, But they're also at different bars that are participating, Mm -hmm. Temple Bar, Swim Club. all over the place. We're hoping to distribute so that if you walk into a bar, you will find a guidebook. Yeah. And what's cool about this year is Cocktail Week is all over Whatcom County. Yes, absolutely. So pretty exciting. Check it out, friends. Thank you. I'm Haley Forney, and you've been listening to Best People, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
Thank you for listening. Au revoir. it's registering our voices it is hello this is our voice <laughs> isn't it fun <laughs> so many of them start exactly like this i too. know yeah Didn't, uh, my favorite murder it was just them and one of their right or whatever I right so yeah. and then like lore yeah. Same thing. It's awesome. So, yeah, you're doing all the right stuff.